Well, they'll get together uh, and um, uh, with the prizes, and then uh, and we won't have healing school on um, on on Sunday. So we'll we'll pick up healing school after that. So um, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's doing real good. But she asked me to ask the church to pray for her um, grandson. Okay. Yeah. Really? Is it Isaiah or is it, what's uh, uh, I, is it Isaac? Is it is it the one that we that we know? I don't think I don't remember one of them. Okay, okay, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah, so I've never met the child, but yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely there. So, um, so uh, Miss Sue Potter's uh, grandson there in Florida, yeah. And uh, I remember uh, after you said where it was that they have told me about that situation many years ago, so... Um, but why don't we pray and we'll, we'll get into the word tonight. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you for blessing us and increasing us and, and being good to us, Father. We thank you that you speak to us, that you lead us and guide us in all truth. You show us things to come. And, Father, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you are the great comforter and that you'll comfort Linda, Linda and her family, Father and siblings and the husband, those that have lost uh, this loved one here. So, Father, we thank you that you will be the, the great minister of comfort to them, their family members, Father. As they go through this season of, of uh, grief and sorrow, Father, and we thank you that you will turn that into the joy of remembering the good times that they had with their sister and the gladness for knowing that she's with you in heaven and sharing this time and season with you, Father. Uh, and so we thank you for that, Lord, and we pray for uh, Miss Diane as well, Father, for a speedy and swift recovery. Uh, and Father, we thank you that uh, all will be well and that uh, all the things that they have to deal with uh, in the area of insurance will be taken care of, that she'll have the wisdom and the grace to be able to do that, Father. And we pray for uh, Sue Potter and her family, especially for her grandson, uh, Father, that, uh, who has cystic fibrosis. Uh, Father, there, there's no time and distance in the realm of the Spirit and, Father, there's no sickness and disease that is beyond your help, Father, that's beyond your power and your ability. So, Father, I thank you that, first of all, you, you will instill into uh, the child's parents, Father, the, the knowledge that you desire to heal all of us, Father, uh, and encourage them, Father, that your power and ability is still in effect today. And so, Father, we pray for healing. We pray uh, that the Spirit of God in him, Father, would rise up uh, in and put aside, Father, that sickness and disease that's in his body. And so we speak life and health to him, Father. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, praise God. We're going to uh, continue in our discussions in the book of Philippians. Uh, before we do that, let's uh, open up our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. I was just thinking about something, and I thought it'd be good to uh, share with you what the, what the Lord shared with me about this. And so, uh, of course, we know uh, this particular scripture here in Hebrews uh, chapter 4. So, well, not scripture if I can get over there, right? Chris um, is going old school. She's got an analog Bible there, you know. It's not digital. And so, yeah, I know. Yeah, we may have to wait. Let's give her a few minutes here to find the book of Hebrews, right? It's in the New Testament, but, uh, you know, two-thirds of the way back there. But 
Uh, but here in, in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, uh, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirits and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And, um, you know, when I got saved, one of the things that the Lord just did for me that I counted as a blessing is he always gave me a love for the word of God. I've always loved the word of God because uh, I didn't grow up in church, didn't know anything about the word. And, and as I started to read the word, I realized you know, all the things that I desired to be could be found in the word. You know, I wanted to be a person of good character. I wanted to be a person who wasn't subject to all the emotional things that I was always subject to growing up and just, you know, I mean, temper tantrums and pouting and you know i mean it's impossible to think that i was ever like that right i'm such a perfect person now but uh but um you know just being completely controlled by your emotions and and i started reading the word and realizing you know i get to pick and choose the person that i want to become and by faith i can become that person right uh but the thing that that uh, that the lord was just uh, encouraging me about is especially at that last part of that verse there verse 12 is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart and one of the, the most difficult things that people can ever do is, is, is know who they are. Who are they, right? What's, what's the kind of person they are today, right? And, of course, around here I talk about, well, you need to have a bigger mirror, right? You need to see who you are. But the way that you see who you are is through the Word of God. Now, now in, in the church a lot we bring in psychology, right? We do the psychology test, right? The, the uh, what do they call them? we got uh, different names for them, right? But uh, they have different... Psychometrics. Yeah, psychometrics. Wow, that's a fancy-sounding <laughs> word, right? Uh, but Meyer Briggs is Myers Briggs is the one I'm thinking of, right? It, but that's been a, it's, a, it's one of the psychometrics. Wow, that's a $64 word for the day, psychometrics. There, so let's all say that three times fast. Uh, and so, uh, but the church loves to bring in psychology, right? Well, tell me, you know, uh, and, and you know, I've taken some of those tests before. I mean, it's been a long time, but I've taken some of those and say, well, given this situation, how would you how would you respond, A or B, you know, or C or D or whatever? And then depending on how you answer, then you well, you're this category, this category. But every question I got to, it's like, well, it depends. What's the guy's name? Where's he from? How tall is he? I mean, you know, yeah, I can't just answer. Because for me, I just, I could never tell you how I would respond in a circumstance because I would see what the Lord wants to do, right? That's, I mean, that's my answer. That's kind of a, they may think it's a lame answer, but I think it's a really good answer, right? I don't have a law or rule for, well, I always have mercy or I, I mean, I'm really hard on people or, you know, I, you know pull, you, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't tell you how I would answer that. So, uh, but he said that the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And, and part of the reason why a lot of Christians struggle is because they don't know who they are. They don't know their limitations. They don't know, uh, you know, they can't even recognize themselves, right? You ever, you ever said, I can't believe I did that. Uh, and if you ever say that, the reason why you say that is because you, you're not having the mirror of the word of God who is a discerner of your thoughts and your intents, right? What, you know, because the thoughts and intents is what you're thinking about and why you're doing it or why you're thinking about that. Lord, I don't, why do I think that way? Well, the answer is in the Word of God. If you read the Word of God, you will know why you think the way you think. You will know why you do the things that you do. The, the Word of God will show you uh, why those things are. Now, the church doesn't really like that answer. We like psychometrics. That's a way better answer, right? We answer a bunch of questions. Oh, well, your, your personality type of A. That puts you in a box because you have to be an A. You have to be this kind of person, right? Well, you know, um, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not, I'm not an A, B, or C, or D. I'm, well, what's, is there an all the above? I'm whatever needs to be done at that time, right? I can be perfectly quiet sometimes. I can be perfectly uh, extrovert sometimes. I can be an introvert sometimes. 
um, you know, uh, and, and I think that's really how all people are anyway, but, they, but, but people love to put you in a box, right? Well, you're a box, you know, we're going to put you in a box. And I ain't going to put you in a box, you know. The Lord's not in a box, you know, he's everything. So if he's everything, then I'm everything. And so, uh, but I, the Lord was just, you know, who am I? Who am I, right? People, people struggle for years. I don't know who I am. Yeah, I want to, I got to go find out who I am. They go so wild oats, you know, go find out who they are. That's the dumbest way to find out who you are, you know. Biggest and easiest way to find out who you are is read the Word of God. Now, people think, well, that's not true. It's, I didn't write it. You know, who wrote this? Did the Lord write this? Is, can he be a, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart? Is he the best one to be the, the discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart? I think the best way, far above all psychometrics or psychobabble, whatever you want to call it, you know, all the, way better than any test you could ever take, way better than any, and sitting on anybody's couch, you want to find out who you are, what kind of person you are? You read the Word of God. Because I can't tell you how many times I read the Word of God and the Lord will be like, that's you. What do you mean, Lord? What do you mean that's me? That's you. you got to straighten up. You know, you're not doing that, you know. And there's been plenty of times I read the Word of God. I read a verse and go, Lord, I'm so far from this verse. I'm embarrassed to even mention that I'm so far from this verse. And why? Because I see who I am through the Word of God. I see all my failings, but I see, you know, that, that okay, over here I'm doing all right. So it's not like just always beating up on you because it's... Some people, all they do is get beat up by the Word of God. And if that's your relationship with the Word of God, you don't have a, a good, healthy relationship with the Word of God. Amen. Uh, it's fine to say, you know, Lord, I'm, in that area, I think I'm doing okay. You know, no doubt we can always be better. But, you know, let's, let's work on this area over here that I've got to do better in for sure, right? Uh, and so uh, the Word of God is a discerner of the, thought, of the thoughts and intents of your heart, right? And that's why, you know, the more that you, the more that you know the Word of God, the more you can know people too, because you know the word of God, and 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 uh, you know I'm not a suspicious person. I don't think, well, that person over there, you know, but you know because I know the word of God, you know I can listen to people, and uh, just like we're we're um, over in the book of James, it says where where uh, where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So if I see somebody that's in, that's an envious person or somebody who stirs up strife, you know what I also know about him. That in that person's life, there will be, there will be confusion and every evil work. Well, it doesn't because I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, well, here's what the word says, right? We mentioned 1 Corinthians 15, 33, that bad company corrupts good morals. You show me a person that hangs around people that are of low character. It doesn't matter what, the, doesn't matter what they say. doesn't matter what they tell you. Uh, I'll, I can tell you that that person will be corrupt before too long. Uh, because the word of God says that, right? So I don't have to judge anybody. And I'm not sitting around trying to judge people, but... You know, you observe things and you see things and, and you, uh, you know, just like uh, some people I've known, you know, they seem like a pretty good person. But then you see all the people around them. It's like, yeah, but I know all these people and they're all liars and, and cheats and thieves. And but this person's not. But how, you know, why they surround themselves with this pe- all these people. And, and so, you know, well, they, they, then they're just good at hiding it because I didn't write the word of God. And so uh, but but primarily this is for your benefit, right? Primarily this is for you to see who you are, the kind of person that you are. Uh, and, and it's amazing to me how often Christians don't even know the kind of person they are, right? They don't know uh, whether they're a person of character, that they, you know, whether they lie a lot or not, you know? I mean, I, I know a lot of Christians who just, that just lie to you. I mean, it's just like, you know, today's Wednesday at about 7.15. And go, yeah, it's Tuesday. They know it's not Tuesday, but oh, it's Tuesday. Well, what do you mean it's Tuesday? It's, game, it's Wednesday. It's, not, it's, it's Tuesday. And they would just say it is, I mean, I've known fellow uh, people, one particular person I've known for years. I mean, they would just look at you and lie. Just, you know, just, just like it's just, it's just so casual. 
And to me, lying is like way up there, right? Because who's the father of lies? The devil is the father of them, right? So all, all lies come from the devil, right? They come from the influence that the devil has on your life. Every single lie is due to the, the you allowing the devil to influence your life. He's the father of every lie. I didn't write it, right? Didn't the Lord write that? He said that himself. The father of lies. And so, but how can a, how can a child of God, you know, I believe, you know, they'd go to heaven. I'm not their judge of eternal destiny. But how can a child of God do that? Well, the, the reason why, because they don't love the word of God. They don't love how it, it, it blesses them and increases them and exposes them to the goodness of God and, and, and becomes a reflection of who they are. And as a measure of who you are compared to the Lord, right? Because the word of God reveals the Lord to us. And then we get to see, okay, then how close to that am I? How close to being like the Lord Jesus am I? And of course, the answer is, well, I'm a thousand million miles away, but I'm one mile closer today than I was yesterday, right? I mean, I'll never look exactly like him, but I can sure do my best to try to get there. So, so a, lot of the, a lot of the issues in the church stem from people's lack of love of the Word of God. They love the fellowship of the church. They love the, the social aspects of the church. They love, you know, the, the playgrounds and, the, you know, different things. And I was, I was watching somebody... The other day, they were kind of an apologist. You know, usually his, his videos are pretty good, you know. But he got to talking about, you know, what the church... Some people say that... Uh, in fact, I saw just the other day that, you know, uh, if, if money is the root of all evil, then why do churches always ask for so much money? But is that what the Bible says, that money is the root of all evil? What's the Bible say? The love of money is the root of all evil, right? So obviously the person was completely ignorant, didn't know what the Bible said, but they just want to stir up something, right? Uh, and, and then, um, you know, there was some... Um, you know, some other atheist type of person said, well, all the churches, you know, all they want is money. They're business like any other business. Uh, and the fellow said, well, just, you know, that can't be right because look at all the good things a church does at no cost. They feed the poor, the, uh, they feed the hungry, they clothe the poor, you know, they have programs for, you know, uh, substance abuse, they have Mother's Day Out programs and blah, 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 blah. And they ho- ho- had a whole list of things. Not a single one of them was teaching the Word of God. Mm. Not a single one of them was growing people up spiritually. It was all natural things to help the people of the world. None, none of it was to, I mean, the, 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 the primary purpose of this structure building that the Lord Jesus himself as the head of the church put here was that we, the ministry, are supposed to help and perfect the saints. That's what the head of the church instructed the church to do. Uh, and everything else is secondary. Nothing wrong with anything else, but everything else is secondary. Uh, and... Uh, and all the money that the, church, that the church receives ought to be primarily for the advancement of the word of God in your life. And then everything else is fine, right? I got no problem with, with Mother's Day Out programs. I, I mean, you know, anybody want a Mother's Day Out program? You know, you want to run it? Fine, you know. But uh, we, got any, you know, we got no mothers of young children right now, right? So, um, well, we do actually have one there. But, uh, um, and so uh, I got no problem with those things. But it, it, I, thought, I just thought it was interesting that that's what he thinks church. Now, he, now he's, a, you know, a Bible scholar, you know, at least, you know, he, he kind of professes. And he's pretty good. I'm not going to give his name. But, uh, but I just thought it was interesting that he listed of all these things. And not one of them was of any spiritual value to people in eternity, right? I mean, feeding people is great. But that's not going to get him to eternity, right? Putting warm clothes on people is great. But that's not going to get him to eternity. Uh, yeah, and so let's get him to eternity and then make him warm, right? Let's get him to eternity and then feed them, right? Uh, but... Uh, uh, I just thought it was interesting that that, that uh, um, this person listed all these things that the church does, and it's like, yeah, but uh, you got the priorities all wrong, right? What did Jesus say? Go into all the world and, and what? 
preach, right? That no, in, did he say that? Did Jesus himself say that? So what's, what should be the priority of the church? We should go into all the world and do what? Preach, right? Uh, what about all these other things? Well, I mean, you know, technically I got no problem if you want to go around the world and build a building for somebody, but the, my, my master, my head of the church that we all answer to never said to go around the world and build buildings for anybody, did he? Is it wrong to do that? You know, that's really between you and the Lord Jesus, not in my business, right? But he never told me to do that. So, so uh, and I, I've had people tell me that we shouldn't go on mission trips because they're too expensive. <laughs> what, did, did, did Jesus give us that loophole? Go into all the world and preach the gospel unless you can't afford to. Unless, well, no, not unless you can't afford because we could always afford to, unless it's too expensive. Like, wow. We've had people say you shouldn't go to, on mission trips to, to developed countries. Right. You know, like Europe or, you know, wherever. Um, and it's like, how, are they not part of the world? I mean, last time I checked, you know, I don't have a globe on me, but I could probably pull one up. Uh, last time I checked, uh, they're in the world. Right. Uh, and, uh, and some people think you only preach to poor people. Yeah, well, don't rich people need the Lord, you know, I mean, you know, but if you only preach to rich people, you're wrong, too. But uh, I mean, it's funny how we come up with philosophies that are completely unbiblical. But we think they're valid, and we think, but you know why we, we do that? Because we don't love the Word of God. You love the Word of God, and things become really clear, right? Now, people will get mad at you because, well, where's all your programs in your church? Well, we got all the programs we need. I mean, uh, you know, right now, there's nobody with any substance abuse or alcoholic abuse, but even if you did, we could lay hands on you, cast the devil out of your life, and, you know, that'd probably be better for you than, than a 12-step program, but... Um, I mean, I think casting out a devil or two is pretty good uh, uh, assistance to people, don't you? <laughs> and so, <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not upset at the ch- churches that do those things. I think they're fine. And, and, but again, uh, you know, if we elevate those things above the word of God, I think that we as a church get our priorities out of alignment with what the head of the church, you know, the Lord Jesus, everything in the word of God was, was inspired by him, Right. He instructed the Holy Spirit what to say. The Holy Spirit instructed the men and women on the earth what to say. Uh, and they recorded it for our benefit. And so here we are. And so if the head of the church says, here's my, the priorities that I've given to you, then those should, we, our priorities should line up with his priorities, right? If he's prioritizing teaching the word of God and preaching the gospel, then our priorities should be teaching the word of God and, and, and prioritizing the gospel. And so because the word of God will allow you to see who you are. Amen. Uh, and... Um, you know, people, you know, all, I've, heard, I've heard so many, I've got to go find out who I am. Well, well, dummy, I mean, you know, just, you know, right there's in front of you. Go find out who you are, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, but, you know, the Lord was just sharing that with me, and I just, I, I thought it was really helpful to, you know, who am I? I am who the Lord just dis- discerns through the Word of God that I am. He shows me who I am, good and bad, right? I mean, it's not all bad, but... Uh, but a lot of times he'll correct me and, and uh, instruct me to do better and instruct me to say things. And, 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 um, and it's always the Bible. You know, he'll say, you know, do you give me a, a Bible verse? You know, hey, you're, you're falling short of that particular verse there. And yes, sir, you know, we'll straighten up, right? And, and so, um, so that's, you know, and that's one reason why I love the Word of God. I, I love it because it's an absolute. Uh, it's correct. It's never wrong. Uh, you know, I had somebody call me one time. You know, they're just talking about how, they got, they got ordained through some mail order thing, you know. I mean, five bucks, anybody can, can get ordained. doesn't matter who you are, right? I mean, an atheist could probably get ordained. Uh, but they got ordained, you know. 
Uh, and they said, well, you know, the Bible is full of inconsistencies and, and contradictions. And normally I just let people go, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I said, that's not a single contradiction in, in, uh, in the word of God. Now, you may think it's a contradiction, but it's because you don't understand the word and you haven't studied the word. Uh, and, but they'll pick out some, some you know, s- some minor thing uh, and uh, we'll see it's inconsistent from this, from this version of this version, maybe in the Gospels or in Kings and Chronicles, and they'll pick out some circumstance or situation. Uh, and just at the surface, it may appear to be in conflict, but study it out and you find out that there's never any conflict with the Word of God. But they'll argue the case, you know, and, and it's like blah, 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 blah. I ain't have time for stuff like that. That's a waste of good air, right? Uh, so let's turn over to Philippians. We'll continue there. So Philippians is really uh, Paul's love letter to a church that he's grown very fond of, that has been part of his ministry uh, from the very beginning, right? We talked about that, uh, uh, how he said from, the, from verse 5, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So they've been with him a long time. And, and so uh, very encouraging uh, book here, the whole book there. Uh, kind of similar to the book of Ephesians. There's not really much correction here. Unlike Galatians, where he was just fussed at him, you know, most of the time there. And then other, other books, you know, he fussed at him uh, quite a bit. But not so much here. There's a couple little things that we'll see as we go along in, in this book here. And it's not a long book. Um, but, um, but we got down to uh, verse 8. Uh, he says, For God is my record, how greatly I long after you, in, in all, uh, after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, for God is my record. That's a pretty strong statement, right? Uh, he wanted to let him know that the Lord has seen uh, how he, as, as the apostle, is longing for these people, and he wanted to back that up. I mean, he wanted, to, he wanted to let them know how strongly he really does long for it to the point that even the Lord himself recognized how much he longed to see uh, the Philippians. Uh, and so... Uh, that, uh, and so that's a pretty strong statement because, you know, you're not supposed to swear to the Lord, right? Uh, but that's a pretty strong statement that, that, you know, God is my record or God is my witness, right, uh, about these things. Uh, and so in uh, that, uh, the long there to see them is just a very strong desire to see them, right? So let's turn over to uh, Romans chapter 1. We'll see uh, where Paul said the same thing, um, uh, very similar to the, the Romans there, right? Um, uh, and so he said here, uh, in verse uh, Romans chapter one, verse 11 it says, for I long to see you that I might impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Uh, and this, this is really the only two uh, churches that he said that he longed to see them. Right uh, now, I'm sure he longed to see probably all of them. But uh, those two churches really meant a lot to him. Uh, and uh, I like what he said in Romans because it gives a little bit more insight about uh, his desire, but uh, for the Romans, he longed to see them that he might impart unto them some spiritual gift. Uh, and that tells you one thing that sometimes the ability of, of the ministry to impart things into people's lives is limited to those they can see and touch, right? Uh, and so, you know, because Paul, didn't Paul write the letter of the Romans to the Roman church? But he said that wasn't sufficient, right? It wasn't everything I need to be able to do in your life is just to give you the word of God. I need to be able to, to lay hands on you and to impart into you some spiritual gift. Uh, and, you know, even in our society today, you know, there, there, there is philosophy in the church. Well, you don't have to go to church, you know, to be a Christian. Well, you know, technically that's 
that's true, right? I mean, you know, the, the only thing you got to be to a Christian is, is to accept the Lord Jesus, right? Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess him as your Lord. So that gets you in. But to be a, a complete Christian, a mature Christian, you know, remember what Ephesians 4.11 says, that, that he gave the fivefold of ministry gifts for the perfecting of the saints, right? So one of the ways that the saints are perfected is by being in the midst of the ministry, right? Where the ministry is there to impart unto you some spiritual gift that uh, to the end that you may be established right or strengthened uh, and so a lot of the reasons why there are weak christians is because they come up with philosophies uh, and they just say things like, well you don't have to be you don't have to go to church you know uh, you, you know you, you're just being too religious and and they'll 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 slam you right they'll 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 um, basically judge you for saying something that's i didn't write the word of god you know uh, the Lord said in the book of Hebrews, to, you know, to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Paul said, I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established, implying that that can't happen unless he sees you. Right. And so so if I can't see you, you know, I mean, I, I mean, there are people on the other side of the camera. You wave hi at the camera. Right. You know, we're glad you're here, you know, but you got to be here. Right. So, you know, I mean, people watch this show. They're not part of our church. You know, they, they like our ministry. And that's great. You know, I encourage you all. Go to church, right? You know, uh, glad that you're with us here. Uh, but that camera there doesn't doesn't replace the church, right? Uh, because some people, you know, say, well, I mean, you know, I get my church on Sunday morning on TV, right? Well, who's going to be there when you go to the hospital, right? Who's going to be there when you get sick? Who's going to lay hands on you? Who's going to pray for you? Who's going to comfort you? And, you know, uh, that TV evangelist is not going to come to your hospital, right? They're not going to bury you and uh, uh, or marry you or, you know, anything else to you, right? Um, and so, you know, there's value. Is there value in coming to church? Well, you know, we, we all know there's value in coming to church, but there's, there is a philosophy that, you know, we don't need a structured church, you know, all this money, you know, it's a waste of money, you know, to pay, pay for a building. We can just do this in our houses. And, um, uh, and who's the only one who ever complained about money in the Gospels? Judas. Our friend Judas, right? So, you know, anytime people complain about money, who's the first thing I think about? I was thinking about Judas, right? Because he's the only one ever complained about Did Jesus himself complain about money? Did Jesus complain about spending money on the poor or, you know, giving money away or, you know, did he ever, did Jesus, the head of the church, ever say anything about, you know, oh, what are you guys doing with that money over there? No, he never did. Did he, hey, you know, if he said we're going somewhere, what'd they do? They just went somewhere. Well, we can't afford it, Lord. Can you imagine that, how that conversation was going to happen, right? Uh, well, we're going anyway, you know, and so, um, so, you know, there's philosophies about, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't pay for electricity and lights and comfortable chairs. And, you know, that's a waste of money. And we could use that for the poor. Why can't we do both? Right. Why can't we? Is there is God limited? Is there is is, is God like, you know, hey, uh, we got a 10 percent cut next year in the budget, boys. You know, uh, no more, you know, feeding on, on Wednesday nights. Right. Uh, uh, Tuesday's fine. But, you know, we got to cut Wednesdays out because, you know, we got a 10 percent reduction in our budget. And any any budget reductions in heaven? I mean, there's no budget reductions in heaven or budget reductions in Washington, D.C., you know, two totally separate discussions. But, you know, they never cut any budgets in Washington, D.C. either, right? So uh, maybe they should over there, uh, but, uh, you know, they're not because they're not the Lord. Uh, but um, but there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of philosophy like that in a church. But you, if, uh, what they don't realize is uh, who's got the greatest uh, uh, value in people not attending a physical church? Who, who does it help the most? It helps the devil the most because if, if you don't get some spiritual gifts imparted into you by attending church, 
to the end that you might be established, then that implies that you can't be established until you come to church. So you're going to be a weak Christian. Uh, and, and so who's got the greatest to gain from the Christian church being weak? Well, the devil does, right? He's not, he, the, a weak church is no concern to the devil at all, right? He's concerned when the church is, is undefeatable, can't be stopped, right? Can't be overcome. That's a church that he's concerned about, right? Uh, but if, if all these little philosophies, well, you know, you don't really need all that stuff. You know, you guys, you teach too much Bible, you know. <laughs> what does that even mean, right? I mean, teach too much Bible, right? I actually had somebody tell me we don't teach enough Bible around here. Now, can you believe that? Well, you know, you don't teach enough Bible. Really? I mean, I'm, I don't know how much more I could teach. I mean, we don't ever, do we ever teach on Andy Griffith, you know? I mean, we mention him every now and then, but, uh, you know, uh, I mean... I don't know, you know, uh, I guess we could just open up the Bible and just read the thing cover to cover, you know, and no teaching at all. I guess that we could do it that way, but, um, you know, people just looking for stuff to argue about, you know. So, but, but Paul had strong feelings, strong feelings of love for the Philippians, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, it does mean something for people that have been with you uh, since day one, right? You know, these people have been with him since day one. And, and I've not been with Brother Randy since day one, uh, but I've been with him since I've been with him. You know, we've been, we've been I've known him now for 11 years and and uh, have, it's been a, a great blessing uh, to to get to know him and be part uh, of his ministry with the Lord's doing in his life there. Uh, by the way, did you see him on, on Daystar? He was on Daystar Tuesday, right? Yesterday. Uh, and because um, uh, Daystar, the, the head of Daystar just passed away. Uh, and he was fairly young fellow. I don't know how old he was, but he was fairly young. Uh, and so, of course, the, the whole ministry is kind of reeling from, from that passing there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they interviewed him, and the parent, apparently they knew him because they said, well, tell that part about this, you know, the story about this right here. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I know that part of that story there. Uh, but, you know, Brother Randy, he's funny. He was telling all the stories about getting chased by police, you know, and the, uh, going through ditches and all, you know, crazy stuff, you know. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, he survived, you know, by the, by the mercy of God and long enough to get saved. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, so there, there was a great love, uh, for the Philippian church from, from, uh, from the apostle Paul. And so he goes on in verse nine, he says, and I pray and this, I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Uh, and, uh, that word pray there, you know, there's several different types of way that the Greek words are written. And this one is, it means a continuous action so uh but even when it says it's a continuous action it doesn't mean it's 24 hours a day it's just in his heart they were always in his heart because uh, he said uh often uh that he prays for them uh and uh he's always in every prayer of mine for you all, all making request with joy so um and that is you know sometimes people want to be legalistic you mean every single prayer well, it's not every single prayer it just means that it's a very big part of his life, right? The Philippian church was a very big part of his life uh, and that it, uh, because Paul probably prayed continuously, just in general, uh, that, uh, that the Philippian church was a big part of that prayer. But I, but I like what he, what he prayed for the church. And, and the thing about the prayers of Paul that are helpful, because we studied them in detail, the, the prayers in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, but here's a prayer in Philippians chapter 1. And this I pray. What, what, what did he pray? That your love, that word love there is agape. So this is the, the God's kind of love. He said that your agape love, the God kind of love, may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Uh, and so he wants the love of God in you to abound, right? Uh, and uh, the, that word abound 
In fact, I think it was the Weiss translation likes to use the word superabound. That's really what it means, you know, to abound, but not just a little bit, but in excess, right? To have a great overflowing of love. And that's Paul's prayer for them, that they, it would abound in knowledge and in love. And, and, so, uh, and, and so, you know, what does that mean? Abound in knowledge, abound, uh, yet, uh, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. Well, if, if we go over to, um, let's go over to Second Peter there. Um, So he says here in Second in Peter, and this is one of my favorite verses here, in, in verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, says, according as his divine power there, that word power there is supernatural miracle working power, hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So uh, it's going to be the supernatural miracle working power of God that's going to pro- provide all things to us, right? All things that pertain unto life and godliness. But then how are we going to get that? How are we going to get that divine power working in us? And he says that it's through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So again, this goes back to, you know, I'm a big proponent of let's elevate the word of God, right? Uh, And why am I a big proponent of let's elevate the value of the word of God in our life? Because it's only through the knowledge of him. Well, where do we get the knowledge of him? Through the word of God, right? The word of God is given to us to reveal both the Lord's will and the Lord himself to us, right? Uh, and, and if we think, well, you know, you keep, you know, you keep talking about the Bible, you know, like it's so important. Well, it's kind of important, right? Uh, and people think, well, it's old-fashioned, you know, and, you know, we need, it needs to be relevant, right? We have relevant things. Well, if there's anything more relevant than, than having all things that pertain to your life and godliness to be given to you, right? That's pretty relevant if you have everything that you need, right? Uh, I, I, I think it's pretty relevant. I don't know, you know. But it, we obtained that through the knowledge of him, right? So Paul told the Philippians that, that, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. We'll talk about the judgment part of, uh, a minute here. But the only way that, you're, that your love is going to grow is to get to know who the Lord is. The more that you know the Lord, the more that your love can grow. And, and that's a real key because, see, the world is always trying to dictate to the church what uh, trying to dictate what the love is. Well, you know, love is just accepting everyone. Is that the love of God? Love is never, you know, never correcting anybody. Love is, love, real love accepts people for who they are. Right? Don't you love that one? That's a great one, right? That, that, that's really the love of God, right? Because God never wants us to change, right? He accepts us for who we are, right? Does God, never, does God ever want us to change? Every day, are you breathing air? Then he wants you to change, right? You have a pulse, but then he wants you to change. I mean, there's no, no doubt about it. If you, if you are breathing air and you have a pulse, he will want you to change uh, and to become, to look more like him, to sound like him, to talk like him, to act like him. Uh, he's not mad at you. I mean, he knows that you were, you know, needed a lot of help. That's why he paid the, the ransom to get you out of the world into the church, right? It's not like he didn't care. It's like he knew that, that you needed help. Uh, and so... So, so how is that love going to abound? Well, see, the, the, more that you, the more that you get into the word of God, the more you find out what the real love of God wants, right? So, uh, you know, my observation, just reading the word of God, when I, you know, it, it's a knowledge of the word, is true, the true love of God always wants the best for you. Now, that's kind of a loaded statement because 
I didn't say true love God wants you to have what you think is best for you. True love God wants you to have what's best for you based upon the word of God. Right. So if you're in sin. And I'm going to walk in love towards you. Oh, it's okay. I know you've got needs. I know sometimes you fail. And is that really love? I mean, you know, love says, well, you know, that's all going to hurt you. Right. That's not the best for you. It's not the best for you to stay in that. Right. Not the best thing for you uh, to not. To, now, that doesn't mean that I always run around and point everybody else's you know, sins out. Well, you got that sin. You got that sin. You got that. I mean, that's a waste of time. That's not my job. But uh, because then and all I'm doing is pointing my finger at everybody else. And Jesus already talked about that, about why are you looking at, you know, the speck in your brother's eye and miss the beam in your own eye. Right. Uh, and but uh, given that, though, my desire for all people that I know is I want your the best for you, which is. The word of God to walk exactly like the word of God. So that's the best thing for you. You can be the happiest, the healthiest, the most prosperous, the most sound of mind, uh, the most emotionally stable, the most clear headed, the wisest person you could possibly be by being exactly like the word of God. No way else you can do that. Well, What about this one sin that I like? It'll be a hindrance to you and it will cause you a problem all the days of your life. And until you get that out of your life, it will be a problem for you. Well, that's just who I am. It's not who you are. That's what you're doing. It's about who you are. Who you are is a child of God. Uh, and that's why, you know, like, like the homosexual community loves to say, well, I'm a homosexual. They, they're de- they define themselves by what they do behind closed doors. Not, a, not, not closed doors anymore, right? But they, they define what they do in the bedroom. Well, why does that define who you are? I'm a child of God. I'm defined by what the Word of God says I am. Then that's, that's it, Right. Uh, and, and to come out and ever say anything against that, well, you're a hater, you know, or you hate speech. No, I love you more than you'll ever imagine because I'm with the very best for you. I know that a sin will cause you problems all the days of your life. Not who you were. That's not how you were born. Blah, 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 blah. You were born to be a child of God, a child of the, the highest ranking God in all the universe. That's who, that's who you are supposed to be. And that is the very best for you. And the love of God desires that for you. Uh, and if we would focus on the love of God, we would we would not focus so much on the sin because the church, we love to focus on everybody's sins. Right. Oh, well, you got this sin. You got that sin. You got that sin. I'm, I'm not focused on your sin. I'm focused on the love of God for you, the very best for you. Uh, and so and, and, and Paul prayed, I want this love may abound right the, uh, in knowledge. So that's going to come from an abundance of who knowing what the word of God says. Uh, and understanding these things, you see, uh, like I said, the churches, the world's always trying to tell the church, here's what love looks like. Accepting everybody, never saying anything about any, well, we don't want any politician to ever be covered. We don't ever want any sin to be covered. We don't want any, you know, uh, no, no, no social uh, problems ever addressed in the church. We only want lovey-dovey and just give us food and, and clothes and shut up, leave us alone. I mean, that's what they want. That's really what they want the church to do, right? I mean, like I said, that one fellow listed all these things the church does. Not one of them was the priority that the Lord Jesus gave to the church. Not one of them. Not a single one. Uh, you know, children's programs, you know, for, for like, you know, uh, Mother's Day Out kind of stuff, right? Uh, feeding the, the, the hungry, clothing the naked, and, and, and you know, uh, financial assistance, and, uh, and you know, uh, drug addictions, and, I mean, all that stuff. Not a single priority of the Lord Jesus. Not one. Which I thought was odd, you know, because he's supposed to be a Bible scholar. And now, again, anything wrong with any of those? Nothing wrong with it. But, but what's the priority that the head of the church gave to the church? See, we'd focus on the love of God, 
the true love of God, then I want the very best for you. Oh, you, you, got, you got devils in your life? I'll cast them out, right? You want to cast them out today or tomorrow? When do you want them out? We'll cast them out right now. Uh, you, you, you got emotional problems, right? Uh, well, let's see what the Word of God says about that. Uh, you know, it, it was funny. Uh, uh, I was talking to Miss Linda. She was kind of joking. Uh, she, she's a middle child, so she said, you know, they all picked on her, you know. And she said, you know, they all, they all uh, made her mad, you know. Uh, and so she's the only person who's ever legally can say that, right? Because they all, they all, so they, they, she said they made her mean. That's what she said. They made her mean. Uh, and, and, um, uh, and she was joking, of course, you know. Uh, so maybe she's right. I don't know. But, uh, but see, biblically, is that true? Can anybody actually make you mean? Well, you get to choose to be mean or not mean. Now, and see, uh, there, there's this great fight in, in psychology. Is it nurture or nature, right? Uh, in, in, and what they mean by that is either you're a product of, of your upbringing, right? Your, your, your nurture, right? How you was raised, or that's just the way you are, which is your nature. You, and, and it's one or the other. It's neither one. It's you choose to become who you want to be. It's neither nature nor nurture. It's the Word of God. Amen. If I see the Word of God, I can walk in love. Praise God, I can walk in love. Now, I, I know some people it comes easier than other people, you know. But everything is available by faith. Amen. I can be a person of great love if I want to be a person of great love. Yes. Anytime I want to. I don't have to be constrained by, by mama, my daddy, what, you know, my personality. Well, that's just my personality, you know. No, it ain't. I never say stuff like that. I, I never constrain myself that the Word of God is not capable to change me. I never say, well, that's just who I am. Because people use that excuse to say, then therefore I cannot change. Therefore, the Word of God cannot change me. God cannot change me. The Spirit of God cannot change me. It's impossible for me to change. Now, I would never say anything like that. I can change every day, every single day, right? So Paul said, I, I desire that you abound, super abound, right, in excess in the love of God. And the thing, about, the thing I like about the love of God is the love of God allows me to see everything clearly, and not have to be so judgmental about it. Because it seems like in the church, when we see somebody's faults, I, I, I got to go tell them. I, I got to tell them. You know, I, I, I got to go tell them. You know, they're wrong. I got to go, go correct them. Hey, you right there, you know, you're, you're doing this thing wrong. Well, didn't the Lord Jesus know that from the beginning of the world? Mm-hmm. He knew that they were doing those things. Is he upset up in heaven going, what do we do? What do we, Gabriel, what are you going to do? What are you gonna, I don't know. Michael, what are we going to do? I don't know. Anybody, what are we going to do? I don't Is he, is he a, nervous in, a, a nervous wreck in heaven? I got I to I go tell them. They got to know. I mean, maybe they do got to know, but the Lord's never under pressure about it. See, love of God can see that. I mean, you look at all the people. How many times did Jesus just, uh, hey, boys, how you doing? You bunch of sorry scoundrels. I mean, he could have just raked it every single day, right? I mean, he could have, what'd you have for breakfast? Yeah, you ate too much. You two, two, two spoons too much. I know you did. You know, a bunch of pigs. What's wrong with you? I mean, he could have just raked them over the coals every day. Did he do that? Now, I mean, he did rebuke him on a pretty regular basis, but, but it wasn't every day. And he called them his friends. I mean, you, you think you hear some ministers, they get mad at everything. He's mad. Why are you, so, why are you mad for? You know, especially when it comes to sin. Be, Christians get so mad around sin. You know, the Lord's not mad about everything. You know, I, I know that there is a wrath of God coming that, that has to deal with the unforgiven sin that people just have not dealt with. I understand those things. We're, you know, in this moment of time, there's this grace that we're supposed to get people out of sin. And the goal is to get people out of sin, not to beat them up because they're in sin. How, you know, you're down in sin. Let me kick you while you're down. 
How's that feel? Oh, thanks. That helped me a lot. I appreciate that. You know, thank you for your support. You know, you stepped on my head. Um, but uh, the love of God allows you to see things and, and then see, then compassion will rise up and go, Lord, uh, that's going to hurt them if they stay in that, if they stay in that path. See, you, you, the love of God doesn't make excuse for people's sin. The love of God doesn't excuse and, and overlook their sin. The love of God will see somebody sin and go, you know, Lord, that, if they don't change, that will harm them. Uh, Lord, show them. And if you want me to go talk to them, I will. See, the love of God desires to get, out of the, get them out of the sin, right? Super amount, ex- excess of love, right? Not, oh, honey, I understand. It, it's okay. It's not okay, you know. Uh, it, it's, uh, see, that's, that's the worldly love. That's the love that the world is trying to tell us how to operate in. And we bring that in the church all the time, right? I, I told you uh, about the time when, when um, this one fellow, uh, he, he was asked to do adult Sunday school class, you know, and, uh, and it was the, the pastor used the adult Sunday school class kind of as a, a way to give people who desired to be in the ministry an opportunity to, to, to teach a class, right? So it wasn't just like a Sunday school, like a regular Sunday school class where it's kind of more of an open discussion, you know, nothing wrong with that. I think it's fine. It was more of a, of a almost a situation like this where someone's behind a pulpit, right? They have a microphone on and, and the adults are there in the class and, and it, it's just a Sunday school class for the adults, right? And, and so the pastor used that uh, to help people, train them, you know, give them opportunity to, to uh, and I thank God for the times I did it because it helped me to learn how to, how to do that, right? You had to put together a service, a message, right? For sometimes weeks or months at a time, right? I, sometimes I would teach adult class for many months at a time. Uh, and uh, but so you had to learn, you had to study, put notes together, right? Uh, learn how to work with the people, learn how to read the, the crowd, right? Because sometimes you're teaching and you've lost everybody. I mean, you're, you're teaching and you're here. They're all somewhere else, right? And, and that, I, that's happened a few times. You're like, hey, you know, I'm up here, right? Let's all get together in the same place, right? Uh, and so, you know, so it was a good opportunity like that. And so this one fellow got up, you know, first time he ever did it. And he said, well, I haven't prayed or studied all week, you know, so I don't really know what to say or do. Well, why are you there, right? Now, I mean, there's mercy. I understand that, right? And so yeah, after, the, after the class was done, I was running sounds. So I went up and collected his microphone from him. And I didn't say nothing to him, none of my business, right? I mean, you know, the pastor, uh, uh, he wasn't there, but, you know, the, the Sunday school teacher, the Sunday school superintendent uh, could have heard his message and, and he could deal with it, right? I have no authority in that situation. So now he didn't ask me to. He didn't say, oh, how did I do? I mean, if he, I would have said, well, you did terrible, you know? It's like one fellow, um, uh, he, he, uh, I'll get back to the other guy in a minute, but one fellow, uh, he was teaching a few times and, and he had a real problem that he wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't talk loud enough. I mean, I know you've got a microphone, but you still have to speak loud, right? And, you know, I'm a fairly low talker, right? People are a low talker, right? What'd you say? You know, I'm a, I'm a mumbler, mumbler. But, you know, I've also learned, you know, when I'm, when I'm ministering, I have to, I kind of have to get into that, not a discomfort zone, but a place where it helps you. It doesn't help you at all for me to just mumble up here. What's he saying? I don't know what he's saying, right? And we have to, can we get closed caption turned on or something? Uh, and so, uh, but, but I'm running sound and, and I've got him cranked 100%, right? Anything more than it starts feeding back and, uh, and, and so, uh, right in the middle of the service, the youth said, hey, we can't hear you. Uh, and, and so I'm like, well, I, there's nothing I can do. I've got him turned up. You know, he's got the same microphone everybody else has got, you know. 
And, and he got visibly upset at the youth, you know. <laughs> and, they, and so I did turn him up a little bit, and they said, well, can you hear me now? No. So he got mad. And then after the service, I was collecting a mic. He said, what's the problem? I said, well, you talk like a girl. You're just, you know, and, and I, never, I mean, that's what I said. You know, I don't know why I said girl in particular. I don't know, women in particular, low talkers, you know, I don't know. But, uh, but you know, it's just what it was, right? And, of course, he got kind of mad at me, you know. But talk, you know, talk, talk, you know. Uh, say something. Uh, and so, so the other guy, you know, that did terrible in the Sunday school class, so I'm just collecting, I, I, I didn't say nothing because he didn't ask me. Right? If he'd asked me, I might have said, hey, you know, why are you up there? I mean, you know, I'm saying it's because it was really, you know, I, I think any time you stand behind a pulpit, it's an honor. I mean, it's a, and it's a grave responsibility. To me, it's, it's uh, uh, I mean, I'm glad you're all here, but I stand in fear of someday I've got to stand before the Lord. He's going to say, why would you say that on that Wednesday night, you know? Which Wednesday night, Lord? You know, well, yeah. Gabriel played the tape, you know, right there. Did you say, you, why'd you say that? And, and most of the time, I don't, I don't do it as much anymore, but uh, on a pretty regular basis, I talk to the Lord. Lord, how, how'd service go the other night? You okay with what we did? You know, okay with what we said? Anything I need to do better or different? You know, I, I mean, I, I go over with him because he's watching, right? And, and he'll critique me. And there's been a few times he'd be like, why'd you say that? My wife maybe do it, Lord. I just, I, you know, I, just, uh, I mean, I, I got to come up with something, right? It's, and blame her, right? And, and uh, but uh, it, I never do because that wouldn't go over with him at all, right? But uh, so anyway, so I'm, I'm collecting the mic from the, from the guy, and when this this other lady comes up, now now see, she was a very nice person, a very kind person, and some so sometimes we think the love of God is being nice and kind, right? And and it has a look, right? We got to make a look like like so. She kind of said, oh, he did a great job. He didn't do a great job. He did a terrible job. Now, now see, I didn't say anything. I didn't, now I, and I didn't imply, you know, I didn't like, give me the microphone. I mean, I just, you know, just casually, you know. I mean, as far as he knows, I didn't think anything about it, you know. And, and look, I mean, people make mistakes and you can recover from it. And I hope he has since then, you know. And, uh, but in that moment, you know, someone sort of said, well, if you're not going to pray or study, why, do you, why did you want to do this? Because you said you would, right? It's not like somebody made you do it. And, uh, and look, I know some things, sometimes things happen, right? Where you get busy and uh, you've got to somehow fill in the blank there. And I mean, st- things happen. So, you know, they're, they're, it's not like a death sentence or anything like that. Oh, you never get to preach again. Uh, but still, she, she lied. I mean, just lied to him. You did a great job. And he really didn't. But see that's, see, that's what people think love is sometimes, right? Love is lying to you to make you feel good when you know that you did bad. Well, that's not the love of God at all. That's, I mean, a lie is a lie. There, there's never, is there ever a situation when a lie is okay? Ever? In the history of humanity, is, is a lie ever okay? It's never okay. Not a single time is a lie ever okay. Uh, you know, and I, sometimes I get in trouble because I paused. You know, does this just look nice to me? Oh, you paused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, you know, think what the right words to say were, you know. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you get in trouble. I have learned over the years, you know, not just say the first thing that comes to my mind because, you know, I mean, most of the time the answer is, oh, you look amazing, honey, you know. But every now and then it's like, and then I got in big trouble one time because she kept pressing me, you know. She, well, you know, you like this dress? Well, not really. Well, why not? Well, it's just not a girl. But what about it? Specifically, what about this dress? You remember this time? It's a black dress, you know, uh, and, uh, 
she kept, she kept pushing it. Now, you know, you can't keep pushing it and then, you know, it's not fair to me, right? Well, why not? What's wrong with, what's, specifically, what's wrong with this dress? Uh, and uh, do you remember what I told you? You want to tell me? I said, well, I said, it's just all the curves are not in the right place for this dress, for you. That's what I told her. Now, this was a lot of years ago, right? I've gotten a little wisdom since then, but I mean, that's what the problem with that dress. It just didn't fit her good, right? Now, other dresses fit her just fine, right? But all the curves just didn't line up with that particular dress. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I mean, after two, three days, I got to sleep back in my own bed, but, you know, instead of on the couch. But, but look, I mean, that, see... I, I, that wasn't, I didn't start with that, though, right? That was the, well, honey, you know, burn that dress, you know. I mean, you know, you, you don't, you're not required to just be unkind, right? I mean, you can say things that are, I mean, say things that are honest and still be kind. Because I said it kindly. It didn't go over. I mean, she didn't take it very kindly, but, you know, I said it as kindly as I could. Well, honey, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and, uh, but so, but, and, and we have grown together because now she knows that, you know, it's unfair to her to ask me a question unless she really wants my honest answer, right? It's unfair to say, because I'm not going to go, oh, you look amazing, honey. And then, you know, you go, oh, like, well, I hope she doesn't go outside with that dress, you know? I mean, <laughs> that is not the answer she really wants from me, right? Because when I ask her, how do I look? I don't, you know, I'm not expecting, you know, a demand, a, well, you look amazing, honey. I already know I look amazing, so I don't need... I need to know, is my tie straight, you know, you know, are my shoes on straight, you know? I mean, every now and then she'd be like, no, you know, and yes, ma'am, I go, you know, shuffle back to the room and, and change clothes or whatever, but, uh, and so, but see, that's, people think that's what love looks like. That's not the love of God. You're not helping anybody because that's not the best for them, right? The best just don't say anything. He knows he did a terrible job. Nobody needs to tell him that. I mean, you know, they could, they could heap up on him, but I didn't need to tell him he did a terrible job. He knew he did a terrible job. So, you know, now, I, I, you know, if, if, if he said something to me, I, you know, I might have said, well, you did a terrible job, but, you know, do better next time. That would have been fair, right? Do better next time. If there is a next time, I mean, you've got to answer the pastor for that, but uh, not me. Uh, and so, but see, the world is always trying to, to constrain the church of what love looks like. But Paul wants us to superabound in excess in love and knowledge, right? And so the only way you're going to know what true love, the true love of God looks like is the knowledge of the Word of God. There's no other way to get to know because the world has all kinds of philosophy. The church has all kinds of philosophy that are, that are really devilish, not true. It's okay to lie to somebody and say, you look nice, when you know they don't look nice, right? Now, you can find something about them. You know, I love your left earring, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, you don't have to tell them everything, right? Now, if they keep pushing you, sometimes they push you, right? And, well, honey, all right, you know. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, you got to hang on the best you can, right? Uh, but, see, the love of God wants the best for everybody, always wants the best, as the Word of God defines best, not as the world defines it, not as what your philosophy defines it, but as what the Word of God defines the best. That's what I want for you. And that's why I want the, love, the Word of God in you, because I know that the Word of God is the best thing for you. Not social programs. I mean, I love uh, church fellowship. I love church meals. That's not the best for us, right? I love, you know, I go to church for fellowship. Well, you're going for the wrong reason. You should go to become a better person uh, by the Word of God. And if you're not getting to become a better person by the Word of God, then, then you're wasting your time. Because you can join the Moose Lodge, JC's, you know, I've got a Moose Lodge 
scholarship in, in high school, right? I don't even know what they do. But they sent me money. I took it. And so, uh, I mean, you can join all kinds of social programs. Praise God. You know, help them out. Do whatever you want to, right? Send money to Red Cross, Salvation Army. I don't care. Uh, but that's not where you're going to become the person you want to become. You're going to become the person that you want to become by superabounding in excess of the love of God by the knowledge of the Word of God. And that's was and, and see, uh, we're out of time because we'll talk a little bit about uh, the judgment part next week. Um, but uh, uh, to be the very best that you can be, uh, this prayer, see, this is the prayer. If this is the prayer, then that means you can apply faith to this prayer and become this thing. Uh, Paul said, I pray uh, he said, I pray that your love may superabound in excess, yet more and more in knowledge and all judgment. See, then I can pray that prayer. Lord, I desire to superabound in love uh, in excess, to the point of excess, Father, uh, superabound in love in knowledge. Show me how to walk more in love. You, I mean, this is a prayer in the Word of God. You have the greatest uh, amount of faith that you can apply when it's, when it's cl- uh, spelled out specifically in the Word of God. Then you can just go to the Lord and say, Lord, this is in your Word. If this is in your word, then I can be this person. I can have these things. Uh, and, and, and that's why I love this prayer. Because, you know, you can pray a lot of things by faith. That's not necessarily covering the word. God, Lord, I need this particular job. Or, Lord, I need to overcome this situation here. That's just, and, and those are all great uses of, of, uh, of the prayer of faith, right? But when, the, when it's covered specifically, this is your strongest way to pray the prayer of faith when it's covered specifically in the word of God. And so I can pray, Lord, I want to, I, if you said I may abound, superabound in excess in your love by, by knowledge, uh, then, Lord, then I want that. I want to become this person. Uh, and I think it's great, right? And so we'll, so we'll talk about the judgment part next week. Uh, but, um, but, but I think, I think verse 9 is kind of a little nugget right there in here that's it's been overlooked a lot, you know. I mean, I don't hear much about Philippians 1.9. When was the last time you heard about Philippians 1.9, right? That's why I, like, I love about teaching uh, verse by verse is you cover verses that, you know, aren't really necessarily the top verses that you hear all the time, but pretty good verse, right? I think it's a pretty good verse. Amen. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you for the blessings of heaven. Father, we thank you that we can superabound in excess in the agape love of God, the true love of God, Father, in knowledge, uh, Father, by your word. And so, Father, we thank you that you'll fill us with your word, uh, it'll cause us to walk in love, to the, the true love, the agape love of God. So, Father, we thank you for that. We give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, I will report to you on Sunday if I got to sleep in the, in the bed this week or if I have to be on the couch, you know, so I'm not in trouble. All right, well, praise God. <laughs> well, pray. let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. Uh, and uh, is the Lord good? He's good. You know, the nice thing about being married for what, was a thousand years now we've been married. It, it's, uh, you know, you get to grow together and learn, you know, because uh, we all have different personalities and that's fine, right? We got to find our path. Amen. Uh, and uh, come ahead, Mr. Jared. And, uh, and um, you know, we, we, Chris and I communicate well now. And, you know, when you first get married, you, you got to figure out, you know, I, I don't ever say that again, right? Uh, and, and, you know, you, if you're wise, you eat a lot of burned biscuits the first year or two and uh, uh, and, um, uh, you know, how's the food? Honey, thank you so much for, for fixing fin- food, you know. You don't have to say it was great. Just, you know, you can still thank them for fixing it, you know, because th- they put some effort into it, right? And Because if they don't fix it, you've got to fix it. And, and so, uh, but, um, but you learn that, amen. And, you, and 
because walking in love requires some effort. Doesn't require because you've got to learn how to say things kindly. Some people just rip the bandaid off. Well, that's all great if you run out of band-aids, right? And and so, but anyway, that's another whole discussion. So, praise God. Well, don't forget the church meal on Sunday and no healing school on Sunday afternoon. So, you all be blessed, and we'll see you on Sunday.